The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I read a beautiful story just recently from Rabbi Eliyahu Nachum. He writes an unbelievable story. There's a, a guy who decides that he's going to be the one running the minyan in a, in a small shul in, uh, in Eretz Israel. The regular gabai, the regular person running the minyan was away. So he's going to take over the job. So he's trying to piece together the minyan, give everyone, give this guy to open, give this guy aliyah. You know, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's feeling a lot of pressure. And it comes time, it's Chola Moed, it's you know, the period in between the two holidays. And he sees a religious guy come in to pray with them. And he's got the hat, and he's got the kippah, and he's got... You know, he looks very religious, you know, and he says, you know what, maybe this guy, he could read, he walks over to him, he says, please, could you help us out? He says, we need someone to read the Sefer Torah. You look like a very learned person, well, all of us here, we don't really know all that much, but you look like a very religious, a learned man, a yeshiva man. Is it possible, could you read the Sefer? Could, could you read the Sefer? Do you, could you, do you know how to read the Sefer? So the man says to him, in Hebrew, he says, Im kesef aniyodea. With money, I know. The guy, his steam coming out of his ears. He says, "Lo, toda. No, thank you. Thank you. I'll read it. He's so angry, opens up the sefer, fumbles his way through the reading. He's so angry. He comes home to his house. He says, you don't know what happened in shul today. Disgrace. I'm running the minyan. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm giving this guy, this guy. A religious guy walks in. I ask him if he could read the sefer on Chola Moed. And the guy tells me, Oh, I'm Kesef, I need there. I know how to read with Kesef. So he says, So I read the Torah. But what kind of money-hungry, selfish person is it? Who gets paid to read the Torah for three minutes? Im Kesef, he knows. That's how he knows. He only knows what money. He's cursing this religious guy out. The son, who was a little bit more learned than his father, he says, Abba, lo evanta, you didn't understand. On Chola Moed, one of the readings in the Torah, on one of the days is, Im kesef talvet ami, if you lend my people money. The guy was telling you, you asked him if he knows the reading, he was telling you, I know the day in kesef, he didn't know which day it was. And he was telling you, if that's the reading, I know that reading, I can read it, no problem, I'm prepared. But you assumed that that's what he was saying because of some preconceived notion, because of a script that was already in your head. So what you do? You interpreted the thing, the story, the way you wanted to see it, and you saw a religious guy as a money-hungry guy, and that's what you assumed he was saying. But you got it wrong. Sometimes we get so angry. And you know what? The difference is only im and aim. Im and aim. Im with an aleph is uh, im, if. Aim with an ayin means with. He thought he was saying with money, but actually he was saying if money. He was relating the pasuk uh, itself. Oftentimes that is the case. How many times have you seen something that is so, it seems to be so insensitive, but actually it's, it wasn't meant at all. There was once a fellow uh, who was a big donor, a big supporter of tzedakah. And unfortunately this fellow, this man, he has Parkinson's. And... Um, and what's it called? And, uh, and he messaged me, he says, you know, would you like to get together? I'd love to, I'd love to have a chat with you, maybe we could learn something. So I wrote him back, I wrote on my phone, and I sent him the message. And as I sent the message, I started saying, oh no, oh no, I'm looking at the phone, I'm screaming, I can't believe it. What did I write? You know your phone, sometimes you write something and it changes autocorrect? So I wrote to him, Sure, tzaddik. 
And somehow when I was swiping on the keyboard, it changed the word sure to shaking. And I called a man who has Parkinson's shaking tzaddik. You can't get it back. Text is not like WhatsApp, which you can still do, you know, delete it a second later. So I wrote back, excuse me, autocorrect, I wrote it. But could you imagine the guy gets it? He thinks to himself, what an insensitive person, making fun of my illness, making fun of my disease. Think to yourself, why would the guy do that? Why would the guy say that? He walked into shul. You think it's outlandish to ask someone, to charge someone, to read the sefer for two minutes? Well, maybe he also feels that way. Maybe he also... Ask! Sometimes when we're invested or we're upset or we're angry, we, can't, we don't feel we could judge favorably. So the Torah is teaching us, if you make even a small effort, sometimes you'll find out that the opposite is true. I read a beautiful story from Rav Moshe Tuv Yalif, and I'll end with this. Rav Moshe Tuv Yalif was once uh, on a plane from Israel. And he's sitting in the aisle. As he sits in the aisle, he sees that there's two women. They're not very religious. Their hair's not covered. They're not wearing uh, skirts or long sleeves. They're regular, uh, traditional or secular Jewish women. One of them is Israeli. One of them is American. One sitting by the window. One sitting in the middle seat. Anyway, they sit down. The rabbi turns over to these two ladies. And he says to them, excuse me. And he could see already they're looking at him. Oh, no. This rabbi with the beard, he's going to tell me this, he's going to tell me I have to cover my hair, and I can't have a lace-top shaitel, and he's going to tell me uh, my sleeves, and he's going to ask me if, I could, if he could cover us in blankets. So they're already assuming all the worst. And the rabbi says to them, he says, excuse me, he says, I just want to tell you, you know, I'm sitting here in the aisle, and the aisle seat is a privilege. You can get up, you can go, you can do whatever you like, it's very easy, you get up, no problem. He says, but I call the aisle seat the excuse me seat. Because along with the privilege of sitting in the aisle seat, you can get up whenever you want, comes a responsibility that if someone says excuse me, they need to get up to stretch their legs, they need to go to the bathroom, that you have to get up. He says, so I just wanted to tell you, if at any time during the flight, you know, you want to get up, you want to go to the bathroom, you want to do something, just please say excuse me. He says, even if I'm sleeping, don't say, oh, he's a rabbi, you know, he's a religious guy. Please, uh, it's my pleasure, even if I'm sleeping, wake me up. Because uh, I'm sitting in the excuse me seat. They speak for two minutes, very nice conversation, khalas. This, you know, they get off the plane. That's it. The rabbi has a sleep. They get, he get up. I'm sure they excuse me a few times. He gets into the airport and he sees this lady, the Israeli lady with the American lady, standing with an Israeli soldier. And the woman's pointing, pointing, pointing. And, and as he walks by, he overhears this Israeli woman say to her Israeli soldier son, Zeharav, this is the rabbi. Zeharav, this is the rabbi that I told you about. That told me that it's no problem to get out of, to get out of this. This is the rabbi. If all of the religious people were like him, there would never be any problems. My friends, sometimes you make a Kiddush Hashem, you know, you have to help an old lady move her whole apartment. Sometimes you do a Kiddush Hashem, it costs you a lot of time, costs you a lot of effort, costs you a lot of money. And sometimes, to make a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, what does it cost you? Two minutes. To be a nice person. To tell someone, um, don't worry about it, you know, this is the excuse me seat. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.